So hello and welcome to this edition of the HF Propagation Report with me, Steve Nichols G0KYA. Well firstly, some apologies for not recording an episode uh, for some time. Um, the aim now is to produce a quarterly podcast for each of the uh, seasons for HF Propagation. And unfortunately, I know I haven't produced one for over a year, but um, hopefully we can get it back on track right now. But enough of that. Let's uh, start off by looking at the sun. And uh, you're probably now past solar maximum for cycle 24. And you're probably going to be forgiven for thinking that you've missed it. Um, it really hasn't been as impressive as the peak of cycle 23 when the solar flux indices were up in the 200s. In fact, they peaked at 274 in March 2001 and again at 283 in September 2001. So we were very used to seeing a record uh, solar flux indices right up there in uh, the 200s. Um, and as a result, we had fantastic HF propagation 11, 12 years ago. Now, in comparison then, We've only seen a high of 190 in uh, September 2011, and last year's peaks were even worse. We had 149 in June, and a solar flux index peak of 178 in July. There was another peak of 174 in January of this year, but since then it's uh, been steadily in the range 100 to 130. So in other words, the solar cycle 24 has not been as good as cycle 23. But what's going to happen next? Well, one theory is that we are having a double humped solar peak, if you like. The peak has already occurred in the Sun's northern hemisphere, but has yet to occur in the southern hemisphere of the Sun. And if you keep an eye on the solar images at solarham.com, this would seem to make sense. Most of the new spots we're seeing are appearing in the southern hemisphere or along the solar equator, and not so many of them in the northern hemisphere of the Sun. Um, one prediction from NASA is that we're heading for the peak of activity in the Southern Hemisphere perhaps sometime over the next six months or so. So we could end up with a double um, peaked uh, solar cycle. Um, and if that is the case, then over the next six months, conditions may improve over what they've been over the last three or four months. Now, the other good news is that as we head into autumn in the Northern Hemisphere, HF conditions are going to improve. There are changes in the ionosphere's composition um, with the daytime plasma densities in the F layer greater in the winter uh, season than in the summer. Uh, this, of course, there are seasonal changes in the molecular to atomic ratio of the neutral atmosphere that cause the summer ion loss rate to be higher despite there being more daylight in the summer. In other words, we're going to get a greater uh, ion density in the winter than we get in the summer, and conditions, HF conditions, are going to be much, much better in perhaps late September and October. So if you've been thinking over the last three months, well, conditions are really rotten, other than perhaps sporadic E, yes, you're absolutely right, but that's an annual event, if you like, that's uh, what we get in the summer in the northern hemisphere and things are going to start to improve as we go through into autumn. So let's look at the solar details for the last month then and the solar flux index has been in the range of 103 to 132 over the last 30 days while the geomagnetic A index at middle latitudes has been quite settled with a low of 4 and a high of only 27 on the 16th of August. Um, this means that conditions have not been fantastic. As I said, we've had the summer ionosphere with us, so it's not been terribly good. I mean, the odd bit of DX to be had, but I think we'll see things improve dramatically as we move into September, perhaps from mid-September onwards um, being, being best. So if you're going to work some HF in this, uh, this solar cycle 24, then get on between September and perhaps uh, early November for the best results. Otherwise, we're going to be waiting through till next spring again. Now, if you're using a VOA cap based um, ionospheric prediction program, 
such as, as I said, VOA cap or HAM cap, then you should be using a current smooth sunspot number of 61 for September. It's better to use a smooth sunspot number. It's um, recommended that you use a smooth sunspot number or average sunspot number for any vocab-based program um, rather than just the daily sunspot number. So just to repeat, you should be using a smooth sunspot number of 61 for September 2013. So let's have a look then at the HF conditions over the next uh, two or three months. Well, we're in the equinox period now, which obviously provides longer daytime periods than winter, but logically shorter nighttime periods too. And these tend to be the best months for working north-south paths such as the UK to South Africa. Well, on top band, 160 metres or 1.8 megs, we can look for short skip and DX openings at night, but no daylight skip is going to be possible due to absorption. Openings out to 1,300 miles and occasionally further afield can be expected at night with conditions peaking around midnight and again at sunrise under the grey line conditions. 80 metres, 3.5 megs will generally follow the characteristics of top band at night but will increasingly provide some good openings out to around 250 miles during the day especially as the season progresses. Conditions on 80 have been pretty ropey um, throughout August but again this is a seasonal effect so I think we'll start to see things improve as we head into September. Now, um, these will lengthen, the conditions will lengthen to around 500 to 2,300 miles at night with some fairly good DX, DX opportunities at times. Now, 40 metres, 7 megahertz should open to DX in an easterly direction at sunset and openings to the west should be possible after midnight and should peak just before sunrise. Contact should be possible during the day and the higher critical frequencies caused by the rising solar flux index will mean that it's possible to work other UK stations via near vertical instant skywave or Envis uh, propagation. Also look for good paths near local midnight and at your sunrise, that's good old grey line again. Now 20 metres, 14 megahertz, likely to be the best DX band between sunrise and sunset. And the band should remain open after dark if the solar flux index is high enough, perhaps giving openings to the southern hemisphere. Good openings will be possible during daylight hours out to around 2,300 miles. Now 17 metres, 15 metres, that's 18 megahertz, 21 megahertz, should also provide fairly good DX openings during daylight hours, especially to Africa and South America, with 17 metres being open more often than 15 metres. Once again, 15 metres could provide good openings if the SFI rises above about 100, 120. Um, both bands are likely to close shortly after sunset. Now 12 metres, 10 metres, that's 24 megahertz, 28 megahertz. If the solar flux uh, heads towards 120 or 130 or more, then openings will occur on both bands, although 24 megahertz will open first. If it breaks the 130 mark, then expect to see some excellent DX openings on 10 metres, especially in late autumn. In fact, this autumn should provide some fine openings to the USA and Caribbean, uh, even in the FM portion of the band around 29.6 megahertz. And I would say that this autumn should give us some really good conditions on 10 if the solar flux can keep up there around about the 120 um, or, or higher. Uh, if it falls below 100, then 10 metres might be a little bit dead as well. Well, that's it for the HF propagation report. Other than to say that the autumn can often bring some good 2 metre, 144 megahertz uh, tropospheric openings. So watch out for good weather, um, high pressure and misty foggy mornings in September, which are often the sign of a temperature inversion, which bring good 2 metre lift conditions. So until next time then, good luck on the HF bands and also on VHF. And that's from me, Steve, G0KYA.